There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging? Yeah, that's it, mate. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Bora Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Dana and Elliot. The Bora podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of Millsworth Football Club. And well, on Saturday, Bora made it three wins from four after, ne- after Marvin Neymar Johnson latched onto a George Savile cross to give Bora a 1-0 win over Chris Hewton's Nottingham Forest. The win uh, was Bora's first uh, in five attempts against Forest and moved Millsworth into playoff places um, in the championship table. I'm getting a bit nervous now. Um, Elliot, <laughs> Elliot, three wins in four, one defeat in nine, four clean sheets in nine. Um, did you know this is the Borough have got the same record now um, than Cardiff did when Neil Warnock took them up um, a couple of years ago? Um, is it time to get a little bit excited and giddy, uh, or should we just enjoy the current form? Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with uh, you know getting excited about it. I guess I think obviously we'll be. We'll only be the masters of our own downfall if if form kind of goes sideways. But it's looking very rosy at the moment. You know that you know it seems a bit weird being high in the table as we are, top of the form table. All of the stats that you mentioned. Um, you know we have to enjoy it. I, I think you know after the season we had last year, I don't think we'd have ever imagined you know doing doing this well. Um, but as we know with the championship, it can all come crashing down. But I think. I think we've got enough about us this season to, you know, to be not challenging down near the bottom. 
Um, I still think there'll be some regression to the mean um, in terms of, you know, we've, we've got to get beat at some point and we're not going to go and beat in the whole season. But, um, you know, enjoy it while it lasts because eight unbeaten is, is brilliant for us. Yeah, unbeaten to the rest of the season. Obviously, that, that first defeat on the on the opening day. But Dana, um, Warwick's got a fantastic record since, since he's took over in June. I think it's just over 50% now. And he's a manager that keeps grinding and keeps grinding up results, like we've mentioned on previous podcasts. Um, what's he doing that will get probably couldn't do with this squad? Because they are very similar, really, to an extent. Other than winning games, I think he's he's worked with players individually. Uh, he said after the game yesterday that he work he, he wants to work with the players that have been bombed out. That you know uh, maybe on the fringes like Dykesteel, like Baller, like Fry to a certain extent as well. You know he's improved, Savile's mm. improved, McNair. Um, he just likes to work with players individually. Whereas I spoke before about the dynamic between Jonathan Woodgate and the rest of the squad. I was always worried about that because I was thinking, well, obviously he was a coach not yeah. that long before he was appointed manager. And that dynamic, I think, was always off. And you can tell with the games that we've played recently that the, the players trust Neil Warnock and he, he just really thrives on making players better. And I think that's what he's done. He's he's done the basics. I think we're getting the basics right because the players trust Neil Warnock and, and they have that belief in him that he has in them. Yeah, would you... It was a question from Daniel Lewis as well, but I know Dana's mentioned it there. Um, with the players trusting Warnock now, he's worked with them individually to make them better. Um, is Borough's current form just showing how how bad Woodgate was, or is it showing how good Neil Warnock is to to get us into this position to get performances like we are from those fringe players? Um, I think a bit of both, really. Uh, I think Woodgate last season probably had a better squad than what Warnock has now. He had a lot more players to choose from. He had players who were a lot more established in the championship and obviously, you know, look at ultimately the you know, the run of form that we were in and how bad we were doing last year. Um I think as Dana there mentioned with the trust, I think with Warnock, I think he brings this charisma to the players. Um and, and almost like, you know, his experience probably shines through when he's out there on the training field, you know what I mean? He's he's seventy one, he, he's he's been in management for 30 odd years um so you know uh, i think when they're out there on the training pitch and they've got obviously the other experienced coaches around as well and everything that they're doing i think um that they've started to believe in in the project almost of, of what neil on at once and, and how he wants to play um and i just think obviously w- with woodgate i think deep down you don't go out obviously wanting to not win a football match but i think there'll have been this niggling doubt in the back of the mind that you know this is going terrible um and you know something's not going right, but they couldn't quite put the finger on it. They're not, they're not meant to be the the tacticians. You know what I mean? They're just they're out there to to play football. Um, and they know that a lot of things have been going wrong behind the scenes last year. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of both. But. Yeah, it's it's really good to have experience around around the place. Um, at times, I think sometimes when you've got a young coach coming in, like Woodgate was, and the rest of the coaching uh, and the team rest, as well, yeah, rest, Robbie rest, Keane and yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like yes, they had a bunch of experience and. So top top quality footballers, um, but they feel like they just needed that that coaching experience around them and to really re- to really try and set the tone and create the shape. Because um, I'm assuming, obviously, I, I, I'm I'm not a professional footballer. I'm I'm not a professional manager, so it's a uh, like professional football manager. So it's um the the difference will be drastic. I feel. Um, obviously, you you come that from when you say like Elliot from from our perspective from moving from an executive to a from more of like a manager's position the contrast is quite big um but you you tend to find it if you have experience around you it tends to be a lot easier than 
just starting fresh because you don't make as many mistakes as you probably would um, if you had the experience there. But let's move on to to the Nottingham Forest game because um, really Baller and Dyke Steele, they, they were both would get signings when they first came in. It didn't really hit the ground running, Dana. It was a bit... We weren't really 100% sure. We could see the potential there, but they didn't really come through. Neil Warnock's done that now. Um, but were they the two defenders that really impressed you yesterday? Yeah, they were. I mean, Dyke still, I can't praise him high, high, highly enough, to be honest. I know Neil Warnock absolutely loves him. Did you read what he said in that fans forum about he, he gives him a mint and he, he holds a brolly above his head? Anthony, Anthony, what? Do you want to know? That's it. Oh, God, no. Where's original? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to get it out. <laughs> you're dying over there, aren't you? <laughs> Wani is the, the original. Um, Werther's the original guy, isn't he? So Johnny's dying over there. It's so casual. It's not even funny. <laughs> um, no, I, I think... Uh, I think what was I'm, the question? Uh, you're on about Dyke Steeler and Bowler. Um, I, I think with him, though, with that, that picture where he gave him the uh, cake as well was brilliant. Oh, um, yeah, before the game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that just sums up Neil Warnock to a T, doesn't it? I mean, he works with the players as players, but as people as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important because last season under Woodgate and in previous seasons, actually, as well, we've just seen a complete lack of confidence. And you can see during the game that they're just not into the, they're not into their own yeah. strengths. They're showing their weaknesses more than their strengths. And I think that Neil Warnock has really nailed just making these players better and making them believe in themselves and making them just improve and Dyke Steele is a fine example of that Matt Baller that interview he did on that podcast uh, earlier this week you know he, he said he came back to Borough with self-doubt but there's no better manager than to get rid of that self-doubt than Neil Warnock because obviously he Matt Baller himself has to sort of get rid of that as well but Neil Warnock is fantastic at just making players believe in themselves. I think he brings a, a level of um kind of fun to it as well as well as being intense and he keeps saying you know the players are enjoying the football and I think uh, even even one of those even though you know the game is very serious it's about winning it's about you know money at the end of the day is, is, is a business um, he, he still always has a laugh doesn't he even in his, his interviews and um, press conferences and everything like that so I oh yeah, what you said about Nathan me. Wood yesterday that he couldn't sleep thinking about playing him. <laughs> yeah. He's just he's gold, isn't he? I remember yeah. when we spoke about him before he was well, just as he was announced and I was sort of thinking, Well, I'd rather a project, but Neil Warwick has been absolutely fantastic. He's just comedy gold, isn't he? Some of his, his the things that he comes out with, just brilliant. He's great for us and in terms of like content creation and <laughs> stuff, like it's just so easy to just like pull something together, you know what I mean? It's just uh, <laughs> it's iconic. But I know you said he's gonna he brought in Nathan Wood yesterday and he said he couldn't sleep. Um, with the thought of playing the 18 year olds um, but he wasn't the only change I bore and made yesterday I was, um, obviously Colston came in Bowler came back in Wood was obviously in there for, for Dale Fry Jed Spence and Roberts moved to the bench we also changed formation to that 4-3-3 once again and it's something that we seem to be rotating with obviously with a 3-5-2 the 4-3-3 as well um, in my opinion I thought we looked really solid yesterday um, I thought we were Really well balanced. Um, we created them problems when Joel Ollie came on. He didn't really get much of a sniff, and I was surprised that he even put him on the left hand side instead of the right because he's just been clinical on the right over the last couple of seasons. Um, but what, what would you prefer at the minute? Because we've looked solid in in both formations. Um, look really well balanced. The players seem to adapt quite well. Um, but if you could 
pick really a formation? Is it a four three three or a three five two? Or do you think it's just a game by game basis, just with the amount of games that we've got? Yeah, I think it's just a, a game by game basis, really. I think sometimes the the um, certain formations suit us. I think more often than not, away from home, we might play the three five two, and at home we might favour the four three three more, just because we might have more of the ball um, and teams might sit in. Um, I think we might revert back to it, and I'll, I'll dive into why later on. Um, I think we might go back to the three-five-two um, on Tuesday against Blackburn. Um, but yeah, I think it's a game-by-game basis, and I think it, it springs a surprise for the for the opposition because they're kind of trying to second guess what we're going to do. You know, um, managers will be watching footage back of the game yesterday. Um, I mean, Tony Mowbray will know a bit more about us, and maybe other managers will. Um, but you know, you, you look, they'll look back and be like, actually, they played in this setup. Um, but then thinking, actually, they're going to do that when they come on Tuesday. They could could do something completely different. So I think it gives us uh, some good options, really. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It does gives us options. Um, I think last year when we were trying to change formation every single game, it, it didn't really help us out at all. I think it's, it overcomplicated things. There was, there was a lot last season. Though. There was about four or five, wasn't it, that we that we tried. Um, and I think we've we've settled on the on the two now. Um. Yeah, it's good to have obviously a couple of different ones you can switch between. But I think it was different last year. I think Woodhead just didn't have a clue what he was doing. He was he didn't know what the best team and formation was. Um, and if he's still trialing it in January, which he was, then yeah, it was going to be a recipe for disaster, wasn't it? It was. But in terms of the four three three, I know it was what get one to really play out last year. Um, and it does gives you the pros of the full backs and the wingers overlapping the. And, and doubling down on the opponents, full back, you can play really aggressive football when you're in when you're in a four three three. It does give you that good balance. Um but yesterday then um Bowler and Coulson were on that left hand side, both came into the team, they both had a point to prove. I thought they looked very bright yesterday. Yeah, they did. I don't want to take Elliot's mantle here, but I was looking at the average positions and <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't look this week, so uh, I'm, I'm glad. Really. I, I'm glad you did look. Average positions of the week. We should, we should get a, a picture of me and uh, an average positions chart and put a love art around it. The new Rudy. But Elliot's no. average position around the mic. <laughs> God's sake! But no, I was looking at them, and and them two were really high up the pitch, and. They were linking up really well, particularly in that second half, and I think yeah. that that's what Warnock was alluding to when he said we played some good stuff in the second half because I think with Coulson, you'll always get that energy. You'll always get him buzzing about. Um, and then Mark Baller backing him up behind him as well. I was a bit disappointed when Coulson came off, actually. Uh, obviously, in the end, it did pay off because Marvin Johnson came on and scored, but I, I felt like uh, Coulson was quite dangerous. He was willing to make things happen. He looked like he was he was going to make something happen. Um, but them two were really good. And it, isn't it great that we have a left-hand side? Because you remember under Woodgate, we just always put it to the, the right-hand side and yeah. played through Paddy McNair. Um, it's good. I think the first question you asked me, Johnny, um, we were lopsided under Woodgate, whereas I think that Neil Warnock has, has brought a lot more balance to the team. And I think you saw that there with playing through that left-hand side as well as the right. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, w- I was really impressed with them two more than, than the other side yesterday. And I was... I was very happy that Coulson got back into the team. I think he's got a lot to give to the, you know, to be a useful member of this squad. I, I mean, he'll been a little bit good that he came off and his replacement scored three minutes later. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think he's he's going to be good um, this season in creating stuff. That that little link up play, sort of in the mid second half, just before he came off with Bola was really good. And I thought, you know, if there's a little bit more composure when people like Britt got hold of the ball and things, it, it could have been a goal very easily. So. Um, yeah. 
yeah, as as Don, as would get said to Don, we've we've got plenty of options. So, um, oh, I love very Don. Happy with it. Yeah, well, it, it's obviously I love Don as well. Dennis. I didn't want I didn't want you. To come back. I didn't, I didn't you almost you. skipped on from the point yeah, of Don. Then. Like, sorry, I can't. I can't. I have to, I have to let my feelings. I can see it in your notes. Hey, you've got Don written down. It's actually just Don and a love heart, isn't it? It's it's it's, a, it's the same thing. I'm gonna get Don on one cheek, and I think Horny for one in the other cheek. I think. So it's Johnny and Don. Elliot in average positions. We just need something for dinner. <laughs> oh, 2003? We haven't, we haven't even mentioned oh, that in weeks. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. It has been a while. But my original point was going to be that Neil Warnock's very, very good at substitutions because in the in the last few games, really, we've had Jed come... Obviously, Jed came back into the team and he went and scored. And Max Brown came on and obviously made the assist. And Neymar yesterday... The players that just seem to come on, they just seem to make an impact at just the right place at the right time. It's just how good management is that, do you think, Dana? It's it's fantastic management, and I think that's another indication as to the trust that Neil Warnock puts in his players and the trust that they put back in him, because it's, it's definitely a two-way dynamic there. And they're willing to repay that faith, I think, and, and that's that's what I get from from that I know Brown obviously came off the bench against Bournemouth and scored the goal there so it's fantastic that the uh, the substitutes are making an impact and it's just again it's just testament to Neil Warnock he just he's so good at getting results out of games and out of players it's it's fantastic I feel like everyone's horny for horny at the minute Jesus <laughs> you know what I mean like you just he's just, just doing bits anyway there you go Dana and Dana and Warney Dana it? and Warney <laughs> Red Beach. <laughs> Pesitos, 99. 90. It's actually £2.95 or something now. What, £2.99 for a 99? Something like that. It's an absolute may, 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 as, may as well be. Thatcher's Britain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you're taking me off my points. You're taking me off my points. My points were going to be about Marley changes. Um, I know we were saying it uh, in, in the previous point, but We've seen our our hero from midweek dinner, our, uh, Jed Spence, come on uh, for Sam Morsey. He was on a yellow card. He looked a bit nervy, but do you think it was the right call? Uh, yeah, I think it was, just because uh, he said after the game, Neil Warnock, that Jack Colback was winding Morsey up, and he was already on a yellow card. And you know how much of a... A wind-up merchant. Yeah, I was going to say something else there. Thank you, you saved the day Shed. there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jack Colback is, so... Um, I think it was probably the right the right call. Yeah, else, what, what's your thoughts on Sam Morsey Essex? I know we were singing his praises. Yeah, um, midweek, I still think he is probably better than Adam Clayton. He, I know my, my point is about Adam Clayton. Yes, he was the best cent- defensive midfielder in the league uh, for a few seasons. Testament and catalyst to the promotion team. Um, but I just really, really like Sam Morsey. I think he just brings something a little bit extra. A little bit of spice, as um, Chris Eubank Jr. would say, um, uh, to, to, to that midfield. But um, what, what were your thoughts on him yesterday? Because I don't think he was as, as yeah. critical. I, I think, you know, as well as obviously the yellow card, I think it might have come from that sort of winding up from Jack Holbach. But I think he was just a little bit off the boil. Um, he'd misplaced two passes um, that were, you know, very s- simple passes really for him. Um, so I don't know if that you know that was affecting his game, and I thought it was probably the right call because you know we, he'd given away the ball twice there, um, and he was on a yellow, and you could see he was getting wound up. So um, it was probably the right call. I know he'd have been disappointed. He just walked straight down the tunnel, didn't he? But it was you know it's paid off because if we went down to ten men there, we could have easily drawn or or 
lost that game and it's it's vital points, isn't it? So yeah, do you think I'm gonna? Uh, it's nothing to do with before, but Lee Mason yesterday said to to Warnock, if he makes one more, he could get sent off. Do you think Warnock's hand was pretty much forced in the end to to make the sub as well? Probably, but it it you know it's good man management still. Um, when you think about the you know the times last season where. Um, you know, where we had we had quite a few red cards, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and you could maybe see it coming, especially with people like Marcus Brown and things when that happened. Um, and you know, there's, there wasn't much man management as you've seen going on last year. And I think there was times where we made the wrong substitutions or substitutions at the wrong times. Um, and that all plays into it from the last point you said about you know sort of doing it the substitutions at the right time and managing the game. Yes, Sam Wazi have been pretty mad with it, but. You know, Warnock said to him at the end of the game, look, it, it benefited the whole team. It's not about you, really, at the end of the day. And I think you'll be back in again on Tuesday. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. nothing to be... Are you with um, me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Are you with me, son? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say, Tav played quite well. That's centre mid role, so he's probably got a... He's probably got a point point to prove, I guess. When it comes, when he, if he comes back in, yeah, his time was quite yeah, tight. definitely. I, I think that trio is still probably the the key, and I think I've, Tav done well there. But I think Tav, um, I've liked him playing in that right wing back role. I never thought he'd be, you know, or even a right wing when we've played the four three three. Um, cutting in on it with left foot, he has a very fierce shot, and I think he'll he'll get a couple this season doing that. Um, uh, it's a bit of a change up because when you have Spencer, obviously you know he's going to go on the outside, um, and again that kind of again gives um opposition managers headaches because you're gonna have to ask the defender he's gonna cut in he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna go out wide and if you're switching him over a lot then yeah mm, the iron robin of side. um but moving on <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't know where you're pulling these quotes from today. i'm telling you mate iron robin just used to what's the one thing you always think of when you think of iron robin Cutting in, cutting in on his left foot, yeah, every time, master of it. Um, but Nathan Wood, an 18 year old now making his first league start. Um, obviously, he's probably his youngest ever player as well, but it's been a long time coming since he's made this uh first league start. Um, but he played as a two yesterday, which shows that Warnock trusts him because not when you play as a three, it shows that a manager doesn't really trust his defense. Um, but how would you rate his performance today? Because I thought he was brilliant yesterday, Nathan Wood. Yeah, it was excellent. Quite rightly, a lot of people's pick for for man of the match. He just he looks like he's grown so much and he's progressed so well since we first saw him. Um, you know, he was he was getting involved in the physical battle. Uh, he looked imposing, and he was what was an added bonus. He was pinging crossfield balls uh, just ever so casually uh, up the pitch, and and you know it's just fantastic to see and. Uh, really happy for him. He was absolutely buzzing after the game. If you saw his post-match interview, we couldn't stop smiling and um, just really well-deserved. And yeah, again, I keep saying it, but like you mentioned there, the trust in Warnock towards his players, I think shows there again. And yeah, it was fantastic. They gave him a round of applause after the game and just little things like that. It's, it it does feed the soul, as they say, and it, it makes, mm. makes players feel good. And I think when they feel good, they enjoy playing football. And yeah, Nathan Wood was, was outstanding last night. Yeah, well, we've got a question from from Charlie. He says, if Nathan Wood keeps playing like that, do you think Warnock will push him? Will push, sorry, uh, McNair in midfield if there's no more injuries? Yes, I thought he played really, really well yesterday. Um, what do you think moving McNair into midfield and playing Wood and, and Fry in defence would be a good move or not? 
No, because I feel like he, Paddy McNair's been playing absolutely incredibly uh, at the heart of the defence. And Warnock said it yesterday that he pretty much made his mind up the Plymouth game in pre-season that Paddy McNair was going to play centre defence. Um, and he was he was blown away by his performance against Newcastle when we when we beat them five one. So um, I can't see him moving Paddy McNair uh, regardless of any other player's performance. He's just he's playing so well there that why would you move him? I, I think. Keep Paddy McNair in defence. He's he's playing outstanding there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I was going to say Paddy's the the smarter defender, really, isn't he? I think with Wood and Fry, you've got the more physical side. They're a lot taller. Um, whereas Paddy McNair, he isn't he isn't very tall, but he's he reads the game very well. And I think having the balance of both of them um, is is better. And I think if you're moving back in the midfield, where does he get in? I think that the trio that are going there and Tav as well um, are doing really well. So I think it'll just upset the balance. Yeah, I think. You got if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, we're playing quite well now. The form's good. We've got some good balance there. I, I can see why Borough fans want McNair up the pitch because his ability and his cross um, and the ability to create chances is is majestic. Um, but I just don't think it'd be it'd be right for now. But what I would say about Nathan Wood and, and, and Dale Fry is that very very good uh, ball playing centre halves as well. Um, I know they bring that physicality to the game. Um, but very much that modern centre half that ha- they have to play football. So it's, I think the I think yesterday like Nathan Wood, I think he pinged the ball from about seventy yards just straight out to um, I think it was Coulson's feet. I think mm, so. It was yeah. um, it was, I mean, Gibson did it for Norwich yesterday as well. But it's nice to see centre backs do like that type of stuff. It um, is, yeah. It's nice to Brilliant. see in the, the modern day. But on the other end of the pitch, Els, uh, before we went one ahead in the first half, <laughs> Britt missed an absolute sitter. Um, it was glorious, really, in that first half. Even though he's, he's Borough's top scorer in the millennium and his stats prove that he is a very, very good centre-forward when he's firing from all cylinders, he just looks like a player from short of confidence, doesn't he? I think that's just a classic championship striker. They're so like, wildly inconsistent um, that they can do something like that midweek and then and then do that on the weekend. I think they don't have the levels of composure um, that Premier League strikers have and uh, he's done it a few times where he's kind of like dithered on the ball for too long um, and I can see what he's trying to do in the end trying to put it through the keeper's legs but he had so much time and I was like are you going to hit it yet or, and then <laughs> I, it just, the chance just kind of went by the time he had the shot um, yeah. so I don't think it's a confidence thing I think it just is the level of quality really with, with Britt um, and he can't score against Forrest he yeah. always has a bad game against Forrest I remember yeah. that game at the City ground under Gary Monk I've I've never seen a more. Uh, he was so wound up, wasn't he? Yeah, though? the Forest yeah. fans were really getting under his skin, and he just he just couldn't score. He just but, apparently he can't score against Forest. Yeah, because we, we got a goal disallowed, didn't we? Because um, I think it was maybe Fletcher, was it? I put it in, and it, like, he touched it on the yes. line because he wanted to just score against Forest, but it was offside, <laughs> and I was like, why have you just touched that? Um, Typical. Yeah, he wants to break his duck, doesn't he? But I think it was it might have been a case of analysis paralysis a little bit, wasn't it? Where like he's he's had the chance. And then he's like thinking, oh, he's like, he's like, oh, should I dink it, pass it in, should I drive it, top cut? I, I think that's a thing like, with composure. Yeah. I think yeah. Premier League strikers that they've made up in their minds straight away because mm. they've had that situation so many times in training. And they're so good at it; it's just kind of second nature to them. Um, whereas I think, yeah, Britt, he just he just took took too long to decide. Just instinct in it. I think he's. Do you know when sometimes where you use your instinct and you just you he, make he, the right decisions? What, what was the one he done last season? Was it where Derby? Was it? Oh yeah, Where yeah. It was. He was sort of. Yeah, he was one on one with the keeper. Did he take it round? Try to take it round. Yeah. Away, couldn't slot it in. Yeah. Well, 
You always get them, though. I think we'll always just get... We had, what was it, two one-on-ones that we scored recently, and then we have one there that we're back to mm. normal again. Well, well, <laughs> so we had well, it too good year, there. Yeah, we had so many chances that we missed from, like, obviously, that montage we created where it was just the, the highlights of our misses last year. Um, <laughs> but I, I know what Elliot was saying there. It's, it's just like a standard championship striker, Dana, um, where they just don't have that consistency. I think what makes the elite the elite is consistently firing every week in week out and obviously that's why we we love the ronaldos and messages of the world because they're able to do it every single day of the week 24 mm. 7 they can fire it off from about 50 yards in the top ends yeah. um but what do you think neil warnock can do to get brit brit's confidence back up there because I, I do feel like it's some sort of confidence issue that he's got he's he's not scoring as much as he used to of course his, his position's probably changed a little bit now but uh what, what do you think uh Warney can do to to get his confidence back up I personally don't think his confidence is down. I think what you said there, he's playing in a different role, which is why he's, uh, you know, he's not scoring as many goals. The thing is with Brett, you know, he scored, a, you know, he was ice cold against Coventry, scored that one-on-one slide it past the goalkeeper. Um, I think it would, obviously, I, I understand the criticism, but you know, he was the hero on on Tuesday, and then <clears throat> you know, he, he unfortunately doesn't score that that fantastic chance on Saturday. Mm. It's just the way that the championship goes. Like Elliot said, you get championship strikers that are inconsistent and that's why no Premier League team has taken a punt on him because he's he's not tested in the Premier League first and foremost and he has those inconsistencies in his game but what can Warnock do um, I, I don't know I think Warnock is doing what he can in terms of you know he's given them the captain's armband that is obviously another signal of, of his thoughts on Brit I think it's just down to Brit yeah. he's just got to think that chance against Forrest yesterday he just needed to take it you mean, open his body up create the angle for himself and it would have been with his, his weaker foot his left foot but he needed to, to take it around uh, Bryce Samba um, unfortunately he didn't and um, maybe he just doesn't trust himself maybe yeah. that's the thing Yeah, fair enough then but overall though guys final thoughts on the performance yesterday both happy yeah, I'm I'm happy. I think it was a dangerous game for us because I think the pendulum could have swung in Forest's favour as much as it could have ours. Again, another game for, for patience, where patience was really needed. And um, yeah, we just got that break. That one moment of quality, that ball from Savile was fantastic. It was Paddy McNair-esque from that Bournemouth game. It was just unbelievable and put on a plate for Marvin Johnson. And it was a really good finish from Johnson as well. So yeah, uh, the late show strikes again. And I'm yeah really happy with those three points. Mm. Yeah, um, really happy as well. We had slightly less um, possession, which is maybe expected for, for the majority of games this season, but we created a lot more chances than Forrest. Um, there was only one or two moments where I was you know, a little bit worried, a corner that they had where Ryan Yates headed it wide and a bit of pinball towards the 90th minute. But overall, I was I was quite happy with the performance. I thought we controlled the game very well. Yeah, with George Savile, if he's not scoring, he's assisting. <laughs> what, what, what a difference a season makes there. Eh? Um, but let's let's look ahead. Let's look back a little bit. Let's talk about Coventry. I know we spoke about Coventry on our match review show on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to that, um, do find us. Just search for the Board Breakdown podcast, and you should be able to find us and just give us a little subscribe. Um, but I know we chat about Coventry, and we said we were a little bit disappointed by them. I appreciate they went and beat Reading uh, on on Friday night, so it kind of shows that there is quality there. Um, it was a great result, but I want to chat about a couple of players. I want to chat about Morsey and, and, and Jen. I know we touched about Morsey earlier, um, but Dana, Sam Morsey, apart from yesterday where he got a little bit wound up, he's turned out to be a really, really good sign, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's, he's everything that Borough's midfield has been crying out for. Just a player that can break up the play really well. And his first thought is to release the ball and to start a, an attack. And far too many times we've seen midfielders delay on the ball. And by that time, there's just no passing. There's just no avenue to, to pass the ball. So he's been fantastic. Even taking away that uh, that unfortunate uh, game yesterday where he was just getting wound up by Jack Colback. He's been a fantastic signing and that ball through to threaded through to Brit was was fantastic and hopefully we see more of that from him because unfortunately for, for Wigan um, their situation has meant that they've sold a lot of their key players but fortunately from Borough uh, we, we picked up a, a pretty good one there in San Marzi. Mm, an absolute gem but Elza midfield three though, House and Savile and and Morsey, I think look so good and so well balanced. I know we we've spoke about it like about five ten minutes ago there, where um, we were just saying we shouldn't really move McNair in there because it might upset the balance. Um, but how impressed were you with that Borough midfield three um, midweek? And do you think it's the catalyst for like balance and success for this Borough team? Yeah, definitely. I think because no matter what formation you're playing out with the four three three or the three five two, they're they're going to be in that still. So I think yeah. that that is the spine of the team right now. Um, and then other players are fitting in around it, the, the, um, the three that are being sort of rotated the least as well. Mm. Um, even though they're probably doing the most running and, and working the hardest. Um, so, yeah, I think all three of them have been brilliant. I, I think even if you bring McNair or Tavin, if there's an injury or, or you know, they the need a rest or something, then it, it, it's good quality to have as substitutes almost in midfield to have Tav and McNair coming in. Um and I think yeah, it will be the catalyst to to success this season. If, yeah. If well, on that review show we said about Lewis Swing as well, and what can he do to get back into the team? Um, I think it's very difficult for you when you've got a midfield three that are playing so, so well. Um, but Dan, I've got a question from Paul Blades. He, he says, um, a Borough find it better to play without a crowd. Um, there's no abuse when a bad pass or shot is played. Not having a crowd there's probably played a part in, in Borough's success, do you think? <laughs> Maybe, partly, but I think as well a crowd doesn't just go against the team, you know, when, when there's boos and moans yeah. and groans. It also helps a team to play on the front foot. So I don't think we should look at the, the, the crowd and think that they hinder Borough because um, I think they help Borough as well. Yeah, help them um, the Bournemouth game. Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know. I, I don't feel like the crowd is having an, an impact or making a, a difference. Um I think the main difference is down to Neil Warnock. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. I think last year as well, we were making so many like daft mistakes where you don't expect a professional footballer to make. Um, and when you're making mistakes and results aren't going your way, the atmosphere can get really toxic. It was already a, quite a toxic atmosphere anyway when, when Pulis left. And it, it didn't really help Woodgate either. I think Woodgate, when he was manager, had to really hit the ground running. And if we got a couple of results, it would have... I think it might have worked out for him, uh, but it just didn't uh, for for a number of reasons. But final question on Coventry, Chad scores. <laughs> Chad scores. Yes, um, so Manjaro's it is. Um, what do you think your order going? What's your order going to be then? Because I'm so I was so so happy when he when he put it in the back of the net. Like my form went off, and I I was like yes, <laughs> like oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Oh, I, I, think, think, I think it has to be a, a big dirty palm oil, like yeah, it? big dirty palm oil. What else yeah. you gonna get? Same chips, lovely chips. Or just just a chip by himself, no palm oil. 
No, oh, the palm on it. It's just a plate full of chips. Yeah, I'm so a plate full of chips, please. Mm. <laughs> but garlic sauce as well. But garlic. You have to have garlic sauce on a palm oil. If you don't, I... You're a wrong one. Yeah. Well, you should tell this to, to someone at our work. Shout out to... Uh, uh, Ryan Metcalf, who who went for a palm on Friday afternoon and got barbecue. You're an absolute disgrace. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not mad at it. Kick him I, out of tea side. I feel like you've got to have some sort of sauce with a palm on. Like you can't like. Just... You have to have garlic, though, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah like garlic, garlic. Yeah. Right. So you're both lambasted him as well. Just just say yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you're a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go, Ryan. You've been told. Live on air. <laughs> I know, but yeah, I was. Uh, I'm so happy for him that, uh, that uh, not Ryan, uh, <laughs> Jay, to score though. Like this has been this has been coming for weeks, like and weeks and months. Like I thought it was going to be one of those like running jokes where he was just never going to score again. Like I just thought, oh well. Well, like Tom Huddleston in his uh, afro. Do you remember that? His yeah. hair, like he grew his hair out and then he scored and then he shaved it off. Yeah, he shaved it all off. Like that. What was it Clayton with a beard as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Clinton Clinton, grew yes. up a beard, didn't he? Too? Yeah, I think he just gave up in the end, didn't he? Because he was not going to score, was he? So, <laughs> well, no. it <laughs> like seventy years, <laughs> even practicing in his back garden, still just missing the target, just fucking the crossbar, <laughs> <laughs> smashing next door's window. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's been coming for a long time. But I feel like the, I'm going to throw out there. I think the podcast name was Jed Spence Manjaro's. We can interview him in here, and we'll go up Manjaro to celebrate after, or vice versa. So. Well, they shared our story, so he's he's well aware, and he saw well, that. Yeah, the he is. I think we might message. need to wait till the uh, new year, given yeah, given, given everything that's happening now. But um, mm. we'll de- we'll definitely make it a thing with uh, with Jed. I know. I think we have to, to be honest. Like we've <laughs> we've invested quite a lot in this. You know what I mean? Like we've worked with Sky Bet to get the the the, the board around. We've started like. Twitter campaigns, you know, Instagram <laughs> Johnny's campaigns. Johnny's made many a meme. I've made many memes just to spend a lot of time and effort. I feel like it just has to happen. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you were gonna mention it um as well. It was only a very recent thing, but um a few Prem clubs are keeping tabs on him now as well, aren't they? Yeah. Um, look, it's one of those things where like if if a player he's so he's so young, got so much potential, you're gonna have teams looking at him. Um and it's not a bad thing. But you, what you don't want is for his head to get turned. Um, I think Ever, I think Everton would be a great move. Um, I think with Seamus Coleman getting a little bit older now, they're looking for more of a progressive right back to try and fill the void. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a team that's building. I think it would be an exciting move for him. But it's obviously so early on. If I was Jed, I'd want to probably stay here, not just for the Manjaro's Palmo, but more of the case of <laughs> you're going to get football here. You're going to, you're going to probably play more games at Borough and develop your career at an age where you are now than you probably would at um, a Premier League side. But how could you ever turn down working under uh, Carlo Ancelotti? You know what I mean? Mm. You can't turn that down, man. Yeah. I'm sorry, like, you can't. Exactly, yeah. I hope he stays. I hope he stays, not just because we love him on the podcast, but because I, I I do like him. He hasn't he, he hasn't been the same Jed that we saw last season. But he's he's young. I, I, yeah. I couldn't believe when I was looking at my mentions of the people that said, "Oh, I'll drive him there." That is that is ridiculous to me. Drive him there. Yeah. Why, that, why would anyone? Why would you drive him to Liverpool? <laughs> <laughs> or West Ham? You know what I mean? Well, you know, you I, can just get the train. Oh I yeah, just, I just we're don't... <laughs> You can all if you want, but <laughs> I just don't get it, me, because you know he is young. He's what twenty. 
you know, yeah. he's got room to grow. He's going to have weaknesses. He's going to have parts of his game that need improving. He's not the finished article. Far from it. Of course, he's going to have struggles. But to say, yeah, get rid of him, I'll drive him there, that is so ridiculous to me. 19-year-old, man. He doesn't. Well, he just turned 20, sorry, he was tw- turned 20 in August. But he's just, um, yeah, you, you can't. You can't say that. I think he's. I think he's really, really talented, and you should try and keep him as, much, as long as you can. And then, hopefully, if he keeps progressing, then you get you get a fortune from him. If he, if he doesn't, you still got a solid player there. Um, but speaking of, of of players that might you know come in or or leave, um, we've seen we said on the on the Borough Draw Blank podcast, and when when Tom filled in for ULs, um. We said it was a rumour that wasn't going away um, and it was reported in the Gazette this week that he's currently training with Borough at the moment. Um, Dana, I'm going to ask for a bit more in-depth thoughts of Duncan Watmore now it's became more of a, a serious link. Um, I know we said, you mentioned that your friend said that he just started laughing. <laughs> yeah, um, did, You're going yeah. to have to do a bit more research, I think. Um, <laughs> but he, he was a player that looked really talented. I saw him for a long, long time. He was tipped to, to, for, to for a big move as well. I think it was... Oh, I can't remember who was going. I think it was... Spurs, I think, at one point. Um, but what do you think he can add to this Borough side if, if he does get a contract? I think he, he will add a little bit of pace and directness, albeit he has had some really bad injuries. I think two ACLs, an ankle injury, kept him out for a long time. He's he's lost his way. I think his strengths have, have been, I don't know, diminished somewhat because of that, because obviously big injuries have a, a bad impact on someone's game. Um, I... I didn't really. I wasn't really for it initially, and even yesterday, I was thinking I'd rather play myself in monster truck platform shoes than have Duncan Watmore up front. But I've uh, I've warmed on it slightly, just because we oh, do dear. need <laughs> we do need an option. But the issue I have with it is we could just be set back to square one straight away because he is injury prone, and um, you know, can you trust him in that respect mm. to be able to be an option freely for the whole of the season? I personally don't think so, but. He's obviously impressed Neil Warnock in training, and he's a free agent, and you know he won't need to necessarily relocate because he he was at Sunderland. So I'm more for it than against it. I've I've warmed on it slightly, I think. Yeah, then as well, on L's. Um, it's it's um. What's your thoughts on it? Because he could potentially play as a uh, as a pay as your player model. Maybe it could be a, a very cheap and a cheap deal for Borough. Do you think it makes sense if we could get something over the line, adds more depth as well? Yeah, I I I wouldn't be. You know, disappointed with it really. I think it has to be a, a deal that's sensible for the club. I think as one that keeps saying, I don't, it isn't really up to him because it, it does come down to the finances at the end of the day. Even what you might consider being a cheap deal still adds up. Um, and it's still, you know, although you might think in, in terms of football club terms, it's not a lot of money. It can, yeah. it's, even if it's just a, a grand a week or something, it's, you know, <laughs> over, over a year. Grand a week. Or, you know, over a year, it's, uh, it's, still, it's still quite a bit of money for the club. So, and if he's not going to get played, then then yeah. And if he gets an injury, then you you know we've completely wasted money. So it is it is a risk. Um, if there is a, a such thing as a kind of play, like sort of pay as you play model, you know, if they can put something like that in the contract, or if it's you know significantly low and you have um, sort of appearance bonuses and things, then which can can get it up, um, then. I'm I'm all for it. I don't see why it's much of an issue. It gives it adds to the squad depth. We'll, We've been fairly lucky, I'd say, so far with injuries and things. Um, it, it's probably going to get worse at some point. Um, obviously, we've had a few players ill. Obviously, Akpom and then and then Fry. 
Um, but there'll, there'll come a time where we're going to really struggle and there'll be people playing who, who definitely need a rest. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, um, there's, there's a lot of games to come as well. So I think it could be a deal that makes sense for us. You could, um, you could uh, even, yeah. if, it, if it keeps going, because obviously it's a free agent, you can do it at any time, um, I, I think, um, is, you know, we've got an international break coming up. Um, I don't know if we have any friendly schedule or behind the closed doors game. You could get him on trial then and play him in friend, in a friendly and see um, yeah. see what he's like there. Oh. But Yeah, yeah. well, even if he does sign, I don't think he's going to be ready for a few weeks anyway. Um, it's it's going to be a deal that's going to take time he's going to probably come in around december time if he was if he was to sign probably tomorrow for example december january is where you're probably going to start seeing him be fully integrated in the team but he can also play bits and bits and bobs here and there but let's move on guys let's chat about uh, the next fixture um tuesday night borough against iowa park against the teesside blues um <laughs> very pro evil <laughs> very pro evil yeah well borough legend tony Mowbray, harry chapman's there danny ayala's there um, Jason Lutvilas is still there. I don't think he's there. He's no longer there anymore. Ainsley Pears. Ainsley Pears. Um, was Stuart Downing before? Was Stuart Downing. Yeah. Yeah. Teesside Blues, I'm telling you. <laughs> They've had everyone there. Richie Tee- Smallwoods, Jason Steele mm-hmm. in the past. Oh, God, there's loads, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. We've also shared uh, Jason Rhodes, uh, Rudy <laughs> Gestead. Yep. <laughs> See? Jason Rhodes. You know what I mean? Just Anyway. Sorry, I'll pass the mic over to you so you can, uh, you can break uh, Tony Mowbray's uh, Blackburn Rovers down. Yeah, they lost their last game 2-0 against Swansea. They played a 4-3-3 formation and that system, they're putting emphasis on their attack but it's coming at a cost defensively. They look mm-hmm. at sixes and sevens defensively. They've conceded six goals in the last two games. I think I was having a look. Um Lenahan and Williams are really struggling at the back. Lenahan is having a shocker of a start to the season, by all accounts. Um, they've got young uh, Rankin Costello at left back, who, who does not look comfortable. Uh, in that game against Swansea, they dominated the possession. They had the majority of it, but there was a real lack of cutting edge. He had so many chances in that game. Adam Armstrong had a few. Um, apparently, he was nursing a hamstring injury for like the majority of it until he got taken off. Um, but he had a frustrating afternoon. Um, but he is by far their star player. I, can't, I don't know how many goals he's got this season. He might have nine, I think. Nine, nine goals yeah. already this season. I mean, he's in my uh, championship Premier uh, fantasy team, so I should know this. But um, no, he, he's a, a good player, um, one to watch. But they, like many teams, I remember covering Reading. They have, they had a lot of injuries to contend with before they played yep. us. Blackburn are the same. They have uh, Daniel Ayala out. Shock horror. <laughs> um, no one's surprised about that. In Spain. That was all day already. Uh, it's not February yet, so he shouldn't be injured, should he? Yeah, but with COVID restrictions, I feel like he's just trying to take it early. <laughs> and then like he's going to have to probably play more in the January, February time. So I thought, well, mm. might take it now. Maybe, yeah. Well, I mean, him being out injured is, is absolutely not a shock. They've got goalkeeper Kaminsky injured, which is probably why Pears is playing. Uh, Douglas, Johnson, Travis, good player, by the way, Lewis Travis. Really uh, like Lewis Travis. Yeah, same. Uh, Bradley Dack and... and yeah, Lewis Travis, yeah, sorry. Lewis, Lewis yeah. Travis, yeah. Uh, Bradley Dack and, and Joe Rothwell are all out. And I was really surprised, actually, looking at... Uh, doing my research on Blackburn because they're all turning or have turned on Tony Mowbray and I thought they were having a good start to the season. Obviously, I haven't been paying much attention, but uh, they've already had four defeats this season. Five. Five, five defeats, defeats. now, yeah. Is that in the league? No, yeah, in the league, yeah. Five defeats in the yeah, league. Yeah, that, that's bad. I thought they were doing well. I think it was just because Adam Armstrong kept scoring. I, I assume they were doing better than they are, but 
in fairness, I said I was surprised about uh, hearing that about Tony Mowbray, but I'm not actually surprised that he's not doing so well because as much as Tony Mowbray is a borough legend and I appreciate what he did for the club as a player and as a manager, he's not the type of manager to to take that next step. And I feel like a lot of the times his team his teams stagnate and, and he's not the, the manager to push Blackburn up to the playoff places and... Um, Big pressure on him, really big pressure. Look, he's. I think he's a great gaffer. Um, I think the injuries have played a part in like the the run of form lately. But you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced. I, I think they this has been coming for a while. I think yeah. judging by the. Forums. I think for the past few seasons, Blackburn have been the same. They've just been really inconsistent. They've never quite made that push over towards the the playoffs. And I think the reason why you've probably thought they've been doing better because of the three wins they've had this season have been two four nils and a five nil. Um, nice. against Coventry, Wickham and Derby um, they've only had one win in the last five though which was which was one of those I think it was the Derby one um, Derby are really struggling this season aren't they both of the yeah. Midlands well, clubs are Forest as well big takeovers happening Wayne Rooney be announced as probably his gaffer soon it'll, it'll change yeah um, the, uh, another one Derby where they're just sort of wildly inconsistent as well but, Bla- but Blackburn I think obviously with Mowbray tries to play that's you know the way he does with his four three threes and four two three ones, but it's not sometimes the best for getting out of the championship. And, and sometimes what I was thinking with Notts Forest, we're doing it yesterday. Um, we've done it against Bristol City, Barnsley, where teams are trying to play out from the back and they're trying to play, um, you know, a much more easier style of play on the, on the ball. And kind of the, the purist in me kind of thinks, you know, I wish we were playing that. But at the end of the day, I think Warney knows at this level. You're going to make mistakes. The players aren't as brilliant at passing as they are um, in the division above. And that's why we're ultimately not, ultimately not doing it. Um, you know, when I haven't seen Bettinelli make a shot pass since he's came in. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you might lose the ball, but it really is about just hoofing it up, winning the second balls, being really strong, aggressive, solid, organised. Um, and it's, you know, it's paying dividends. We're top of the form table. Um, you know, fans might want to see you play a different style, but as we've seen, Bristol City give us that one chance. We took it. Barnsley, um, to be fair, in the cup game, they were playing out from the back very well, and we didn't really, you know, jump on any mistakes that they did. Um, but in the game that we beat them, we did. Um, Forest, obviously, yesterday when the pass went into a Sombolonga, um, another mistake from sort of passing it around. So, and there'll come times where it'll it'll be again this season. I think Blackburn will try and do that. Um, and the promising thing is if we're playing against a lot of teams who are doing that I think we've got a good chance of winning and even when we're not playing teams who do that you know, such as Cardiff for example we've got other routes to goal such as scoring from set pieces so you know, I think I'm, I'm not I'm getting less and less worried coming up against different sort of styles of play um, Blackburn have scored 18 goals this season and 15 of them have come from open play um, so I think we've been really solid and organised from trying to defend um, from, from open play. So I think they're going to have to be a lot better on set pieces. They're going to have to be very aggressive. They're going to have to be a bit more direct. And I don't think that's Blackburn, really, from yeah. the players they've got. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards a very positive result from Borough. Um, I think we will revert to the three-five-two at the back. Um that extra central defender will help cover sort of the inner channels from some of the inside forwards of um, Elliot and Brereton. Um, and, you know, it might lose in look as though they've got the one up front in the 4-3-3, but really all three of them will be acting as strikers up there 
um, yeah. with Armstrong mm-hmm. in there as well. So I think reverting to that back three, five will be really beneficial because those full-backs will be looking to bomb on how they do it when we play 4-3-3. Three, three. And if we can get whoever plays out wide, Spence, Tav, Johnson, Coulson in behind, um, then I think we're really onto something. Yeah. Go on, Dana. Uh, I was just about to say what baffles me about Blackburn is they play Sam Gallagher on the wing. And I know they did that against us last season, but I assume that was a tactic to stifle Coulson because of the, the height difference. Because at that point in the season, Coulson was probably yeah. one of our star players. Um, but it seems to be a, a running theme. Um, and a lot of their fans are, are annoyed at it because, I mean, Sam Very Gallagher strikes me. Yeah, and I mean, I suppose it works for, for players like Stuani who just have that poacher's instinct. But I just, I mean, Sam Gallagher is quite a, a, a tall guy. You know, he's a quite a physical player. Um, I, I would assume they would. I mean, obviously they've got Adam Armstrong, but when you play Sam Gallagher and put him out wide, that doesn't make sense to me. And obviously it doesn't make sense to a lot of Blackburn fans as well. I think it made a little bit of sense last year with obviously when Downham was playing on the left-hand side. Good striker. Um, should always be towards the back back post. Um, and obviously it showed yesterday, get a ball in the back post, you're going to create a good chance. And, and I think that's why probably Mowbray's went with that route. Um, but I can see where you're coming from, Then I don't think he's that type of player to probably play that. He's more of a central type of player. Uh, I think Benny Burton should probably... Uh, Benny Burton? Benny Burton, yeah. Um, the old FIFA 18 gen. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. He was uh, yeah, he, he's probably more suited to that role. Um, but in terms of in terms of how Blackburn play, I think if we go for four three three or the four two three one, um, I think LZ right the three the three five two would probably suit us a lot better. I think if you play that four two three one, your centre backs can rotate um, with who's picking the man up, but then also you're you're five v four essentially defensively, so you should always have that extra man to try and ca- uh, have a catalyst there for that counter attack. Um, but in terms of how I think the game's going to be won. I think a set piece. We'll 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 get him on a set piece, and it sounds ridiculous because we don't really score many set pieces. Um, but if I was Borough, I'd be looking to target Anzi Pairs, young lads, um, trying to make a name for himself with our black Blackburn Rovers. He's, he's very young, so you can be a bit more ruthless he, with him. He, he was one of those that we've seen last season. That if you think back to the Forest game last season, where he isn't very commanding in his area, and I think with what we did against Forrest the other day on, on set pieces where we were just putting everyone on the line and everyone around Bryce Samba. I think that'll really worry Ainsley yeah. Pairs, so I think yeah, we could go Unfortunately, yeah, like, you've, got, you've got to just take advantage of that. And, like, I want Ainsley Pairs to do really well at, at Rovers and hopefully has a, he has a good career, but I think if, if you're boring right now, you've got to try and take advantage of that. You haven't got, they haven't got Ayala there to head the ball out. And to be honest, I feel like we'd turn him on a sixpence anyway because he turns like a bus. So it's... <laughs> It's <laughs> it's like a boss. So it's uh, I think we'd be all right. Um, <laughs> oh but God. I, I feel pretty positive. Um, but in terms of just Mowbray, one point before I move on to the predictions, would you ever like to see Mogger back in some capacity? You know, we've always chatted about if Mowbray had money, we might have went up under him. Do you think he could ever come back, maybe as a director of football, maybe, or come back as a manager if, if Warnock was to leave eventually? I think director of football, but a manager probably not. Because, I mean, if we were in a dire situation, um, I think Mowbray is the type of manager to get you out of the shit. But, uh, uh, <laughs> oops, there goes the... Uh, out the shed. Out the shed. Um, but, he, like I said, he's not the type of manager to really kick a team on and... and like I mentioned as well, a lot of his teams stall and stagnate, and I think, yeah, director of football, yeah, but not not as a manager. Mm. Yeah, I, I'd really like it. I think it's, uh, you know, all Borough fans, I think, would like it. 
but I, I think he's maybe almost like not burned bridges because I don't know what obviously happened behind the scenes. But I don't feel like he'd like to come back and do it. I feel like he's he got brought back and how he maybe got tret like you say with the, the, the transfer the funds at the time and everything like that. Um, maybe just thinks you know I'm best off somewhere else. I think you'll still support the club deep down. You wouldn't want to. You don't want to come back and do that second stint again, but you never know. At some point in the future, a director of football or something else that isn't directly like management and coaching, um, I think you could definitely help out around the club. Well, I just think as I have a feeling that you you might just come back to some extent. But let's chat about predictions. Feeling positive, feeling negative, drawing. We well, I've I've it's took me a, a while to kind of come out with a positive result I've, I've, I was looking back through the things and I've picked like a lot of draws um, this season I feel like I just haven't quite yeah. had that confidence in it yet um, but judging from some of the things I mentioned there uh, maybe playing a 3-5-2 um, how poor Blackburn are defensively and I think how we if we set up like that I think we'll we'll really cancel them out and I, I'm quite positive that we'll nick a result so I'm going to go 1-0 1-0 Dana. I was going to go the same yeah 1-0 2-1 Buddha um, I can see them scoring. I really can. I can see that result actually, but I'm going to keep um, it one nil. Two one, Borough. But now we all said wins. We've already got big three nil. Um, <laughs> but that's it, guys. Thank you very much for joining me and as listeners. Um, if you like the podcast, can you give us a five star written on Apple Podcast or on the podcast apps that you listen to us on? That helps us obviously get found, of course, and get ranked in the sports podcasts. Uh, but also, if we are on YouTube now. Uh, we do our match review shows on a Tuesday night. Um, live on YouTube and set the Borough Breakdown podcast so we'd love if you would subscribe to that as well um, we do love seeing your engagements and your comments and your activity with us we re- really do appreciate it. we are creating something very beautiful in the in the Borough Breakdown world um, but that's it the Borough unbeaten in 8 4 wins in 6 joint best defence and up to 5th in the championship I don't know about you but I'm starting to feel a little bit dizzy um, this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast and that was all the match day chatter in a pod up the Borough Breakdown. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. <laughs>